0: Welcome to Brazen Education with Educator Barnes, a podcast with a focus on speaking your truth, being transparent to help others, and having no shame about it, because we can't move forward until the truth is known. Educator Barnes here, and today I'm going to talk about my conflict with Red Fred. So I live in Indiana, and yesterday there was a huge rally that shut down schools across the state of Indiana for the Red for Ed Action Day. And of course it was timed with lawmakers returning back uh, to the state House uh, to get their attention. But this isn't the way to do it, and I just I have a hard time getting behind and supporting it. For the majority of my career, I've worked in traditional public schools. So this is my 14th year as an educator. And my first school year, I was in a traditional public school. The next two school years, I was in a public charter school. The rest of my career, I went back to traditional public schools. And in this school year, I went back to public charter. And when I went back to public charter, because most of my career I've been in traditional public school, some people did not know that year two and year three when I was in the classroom, I was in the charter school. So, you know, I got comments like, well, Shanta, you sold out. You went to a charter school. And I was just like, I went to a school. I went to a institution that's providing education for children. And in particular, I went to an institution that's providing education for Students where their families chose to be there. So these families decided that their boundary school wasn't good enough. So their boundary traditional public school wasn't good enough. And they needed to pull their children out of that school. And that's the piece of the conversation that seems to get lost in these these rallies. And I'm just frustrated. Because the rally had three talking points, right? The first talking point was teacher pay. The second talking point had to do with a hold harmless for iLearn. And then the third talking point was about this new externship PD requirement, right? So let me break down uh, my issues with these points, right? Let's just throw at the top. (sighs) Striking here in Indiana is is not legal, right? Um, There are some serious consequences here if teachers do that. So when... Other states started having strikes. I'm like, well, that's not going to happen here in Indiana. Um, so I just kind of moved about my business. But then with this whole, you know, kind of sick out thing, you know, where I mean, most teachers took uh, PTO. But uh, when I was reading an article for Indy Star and when they asked it was some school district report, they said they had X amount of teachers absent. and X amount were personal days, which means people use sick time which, um, just a side note, if you're going to take a sick day and then you gonna go to a public rally, not a good look because you're misusing your day. <laughs> just saying. But, um, so when it became clear that this was a thing, people were going to take off work. It just, it was just like, so we're going to take off for work and then kids are not going to have school. And I mean, it was just poorly timed. Like, I mean, if you're going to, try to get somebody's attention you want to start from the top and the top will be our governor and our governor wasn't even scheduled to be in the state yesterday so he didn't even have the opportunity to choose to attend or choose to not attend right so we don't even know where you know you know that makes a difference right if you're going to do something like this you want to see what your top lawmakers going to do are they going to come to the rally are they going to say something at the rally are they going to pretend like the rally is not happening and go about their day we don't even know what Governor Holcomb thinks because the rally was timed on the day that he was gonna be here, right? And then with the teacher pay, we're not talking about teacher pay for everyone. The the ISTA, the Indiana State Teachers Association president was quoted. Um, saying that, you know, he's here to support his members. Cause, you know, there are, there were some charters that did attend the rally. And so when he was asked about it, he was like, I'm here to support my members, which was a nice way of saying that I don't really care about the teachers at charter schools because I'm not here for them. And you, and you hear them. I mean, I, I've been down to the state house. I've heard union reps, you know, testify for, uh, bills, right? And, it doesn't matter what bill these people are testifying. Somehow they managed to slide in the word privatization and how, you know, charter schools aren't accountable. They're taking money, how, you know, the system's being duped. They did slide it. And I'm like, dude, you up here testifying for kids uh, who are blind. And somehow you got privatization up in this testimony. Like, come on now. But that's what they do. Right. And, uh, I'm just like I I, I just is pitting um is pitting educators against each other. We shouldn't be forced to be either uh, for ourselves and leaving other educators out in the cold, right? Because a lot of educators that, that teach in charter schools They chose to go there. So they may have been like me, where the majority of the career was in traditional public. And it was like, you know what? I want to go somewhere. I want to do something differently. Right. And then, you know, the charter and I and I will tell you, when I was in traditional public, I was a dues paying union member. Right. Uh, My dad was a union rep at his job. And so I saw the benefits of union membership. But those benefits sometimes protects people who shouldn't be protected. Right. And I just, you know, when I got older and my dad was telling me about how, you know, just some of the things that he had to deal with, like, you know, ghost employment. Right. (laughs) People, you know, allegedly there, but they weren't. They were at home. Right. And my dad's like, this is wrong. And like, my dad told me a story about how he went to somebody's house and like, look, you need to come to work like they know what you're doing. Right. And I think about, my dad told me in that situation, I think about, I see teachers that are horrible, that have done horrible things, but the union rep comes in and protects them. It's like, and so some of these teachers that are down there rallying yesterday, there are some of those teachers, some of those teachers that are horrible, that suck, that need to be out of the profession. And so we're down there fighting for them to get pay raises too, right? Everyone deserves a pay raise, regardless of where you teach. Um, if, you, if you know anything about charter pay, it is negotiable. Um, every uh, charter school I've worked in, I have negotiated my pay. And so a lot of times unions will put out information like, well, without union rep, you don't get paid. No. What I like about charter schools is you get paid based on your results. You get paid on what you bring to the table. We know there are people that are getting these incremental raises and ain't bringing nothing to the table. They're not moving students forward. They're just coming in, clocking in and clocking out and not making a difference, not making an impact. But at a charter school, I can be like, look at my data. Like the one year I had the highest I-STEP data. So, yeah. So when I showed up, I was like, look, look at my data. Oh, look, I manage my classroom because the, the, some of the kids are coming to me. So which y'all going to do. Right. And I later found out that. um Not only did I get a pay raise, I was actually making more than the teacher that was mentoring me because I was a newer teacher. So I had to have a mentor. And you can't get that in a union school, right? Because everything has to be fair and everything has to be equitable. But we all know, um, you know, equal is not always fair. Equal is not always right. Giving everyone the same is not always right when everybody's not bringing that same fire, that same energy to the table. So that's why I, I have problems with this whole pay thing and at the end of the day let's say this big windfall of money comes to the districts the district still decide the district decide things like am i going to give you extra pay because you went and uh, and got your master's am i going to give you extra pay because you got a doctoral degree i'm in a doctoral program right now and you know (laughs) how is that going to benefit me that's that's a good question and you know i'm in a charter right now so that's the question i'm asking myself right and so these are questions like educators want to answer if you want us to be the best professionals you need to allot that pay for people that are bringing results, not bringing you drama, moving students. And now I'm a minister moving teachers for it. Right. And so however it shakes out, the district still makes those decisions. The district's involved in what insurance you have, because some districts you are getting raises, but then your insurance goes up more than your raise. So you actually took a pay cut. Right. So that comes down to the district level because in indiana um, we're very conservative so we're all about pro-local control and i can get behind that because i think school districts need to have that autonomy i actually support that i don't have an issue with that right but all of us coming together to fight for something and we still got to go back to our own individual local school district or our, our charter school you have to negotiate on that level and some of these people they're just getting the script from Red for Ed. They're showing up, uh, regurgitating that, and they don't even understand what they're saying, right? They don't understand how, when I go back to wherever school district or, and I go to, like, I got to be involved in that process. Have you been to a board meeting? Have you been to one of those groups? Do you actually, do you read the newsletters that get sent out, you know? Because some of these people, they don't. They're just not informed. They just wanted to dress up in red and yell and scream, right? Get informed and then get informed about what you need to do, because it just surprises me when I talk to educators and they're just not informed. Like when I was a, U- a union paying member, I was informed about what was happening and about things I thought was wrong. And I, at least I knew about it. At least I was saying something about it. Sometimes things change. Sometimes things didn't. But I was informed about it. And that helped me make a decision. So when I'm like, hey, Barnes is about to bounce. And here's the reasons why I got some valid points, because I, I know my stuff and I stay on top of my stuff. Right. The second my second point of contention is um, the whole whole harmless. Like I just felt like they just added that on to make it sound like we were not just there for teacher pay. I 100 percent believe that schools will be held harmless for the island scores. But we did it before when the i step was revamped. Right. And there's no there's been no lawmaker that's come out in opposition of it. So I'm, I'm just confused about. While we're down there suggesting that it's not going to be a thing, I just I, I really don't understand it. I really think lawmakers get what we're saying. So I was just confused about why that's on the table. The whole externship is stupid. I'm just going to be quite frank. Um, and being a person who has testified in front of lawmakers, I can tell you they are desperate for people like teachers to come down. there. And yes. It's inconvenient. Yes, you have to take off a day of work, but that's a more productive day because when I, t- I took off two half days a couple of years ago to actually uh, give testimony, the first time I took off a, a half day, I sat for like three and a half hours. And then when the bill I wanted to speak on got called up, they let one person give testimony. And then the, the lawmakers went to lunch, right? So I had to take off another half day. Um, I submitted my testimony in a written form and I came back in another half day to actually give it in person. The great part about that is they got to ask me questions, right? And when you sit there because when you sit there they don't tell you like your bill is going to be heard at two o'clock it's like these are the bills are going to be heard starting at this time show up and hopefully get to it and that's inconvenient as hell right so my bill was one of the last one because when i actually got to testify i sat for four and a half hours but the the, kind of like the nerd in me kind of enjoy like watching the process of them calling the bills and people testifying you had two types of testimonies you had like these little action groups who came with a uh, kind of scripted statement and their talking points. And they had talking points that they had just forced into every, and like some people, they I saw they were there for every bill. And they was like, I'm like, y'all saying the same stuff? Because you're really here to, to give your talking point. You're not really here for the bill, right? But what was powerful were when you had community members, you had parents, and you had teachers down there. And yes, there were some superintendents, but... My issue with superintendents testifying is that you're no longer in the day to day work, right? You're like the eagle eye at the top. And yes, you can give some insight. Yeah, you can probably quote the data of the district quicker than any teacher, but you need that teacher there. And so when I gave my testimony, I have follow up questions when a lot of those people that are coming with those scripted talking points. They don't have follow up questions. And my thing, if you ever go testify, I will be honest. One, the bill I testify for is a group I um, work with that told me about it, right? And when you get told about a bill or something by a group, they they create talking points for you. Shantae Barnes wrote her own testimony. I don't use anybody's talking point, and I did not go as a representative of that group. I didn't even mention the group. And there was another group they got wind of that I was there that I was associated with and was trying. I'm like, no, because um, when I went down the first town, here's what's interesting. That other group. Um, which I won't name at this time, they actually took my picture and promoted that I was down there. And I didn't even testify that the first time I submitted written testimony. And I'm like, oh, that that's cute. How how you showing up trying to take credit for this? When I decided on my own volition to go down here, see, that's what those action groups do. And it's like, oh, and look, I'm a black woman. So the one thing I'm very aware of, and my kids actually got hip to this, um, My kids and I were members of some organizations where most of the members are white, right? So when we go to the events, my kids said to me, like, Mommy, why is the camera following us? And so I got honest with my boys. They're in third grade. I said, "Um, boys, I said, the big thing is that you you, they want people to feel like everybody can come to that, everybody of different skin colors. So uh, one way to show that you are welcome is to have a picture of people that look like you there. So that's why the camera is following us, because they want to show that, hey, black people do this, too. So I'm very aware that sometimes when I go do something on my own volition, my picture is taken so people can be like, look, there's a black lady down here testifying. And so I did give my consent to a lot of because the, they had to ask for my consent. I gave my consent, but I was a little bit salty because I'm like, you didn't do nothing. I'm the to decide decided. I wrote this testimony and I actually ended up speaking uh, from the teacher's perspective and from the parents perspective. because I spoke on the school discipline bill, but it gave the lawmakers the opportunity to ask me questions. They're not asking questions of people with talking points. They're asking somebody that's raw and real. And I actually talked about uh, I talked about three perspectives. I forgot. I talked about myself as a student in Indiana dealing with school discipline. I talked about myself as a parent. I talked about myself as a teacher. And so they asked me these questions that were good questions and made them think. The thing is, lawmakers got to make decisions, right? And they're going to make decisions based on the information they have. And if there's nobody showing up when these bills are being processed that they can talk to that these bills are going to affect, then they're just going to make a decision based on the, the information they have. And God help us. If the only information they have is from these uh, big groups that have these talking points. Because one of the bills I got to hear uh, was um, there was a, a deaf uh, a young lady um, who was there with her mom. And she was a high school student. And I don't recall the bill at this time, but it was a couple of years ago. But essentially, she gets a benefit to go to the deaf school. Right. And then she was also going to a private school. Well, what they were saying was she had to make a choice. And it was because of this bill. And she was saying, like, I need the deaf school because I need to learn sign language. I need to learn how to communicate. But I can function in a regular school. And the classes that they have at this school at the deaf school are not at the level of some of the classes at this private school and I can handle it and so she's saying I should be able to attend both right I shouldn't have to choose I have to go to one or the other and when the when you have a real child saying like these are my grades at this private school I can do it but the private school can't give me the support that I need with like sign language and 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 uh things like that then the lawmakers were looking like, hmm, we hadn't. Ooh, thanks for giving us that point. But if she hadn't shown up with her mom, right, they would make a decision based on data that someone gave them, uh, in turn pulled for. Right. And so this is my opinion of the best way to to make it like it's like what they said in Hamza. you got to be in a room where it happens. You can't be out here screaming and the, the stuff has happened. And that hasn't happened yet. Right. And you got teachers down there that don't even know what bills are being passed. They don't even know how to shoot. They don't even know how to find the bills online. They don't know how to follow the process. And so that's what I suggest teachers do. They learn that process. Because when those stuff start happening, yes, I'm a total policy geek. I'm up there looking like, hmm, that one. Like Let me give you one. Like, we are already going to tell you that 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 one, I can't call her name. She's going to pull up that bill about cursor writing me and put back in the curriculum. It's going to fail again. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and it's so funny because my parents and I have, we have opposing viewpoints. Like my parents are like, it needs to be back in the curriculum. And I'm like, mom and dad, like, like right now I'm in the process of selling my first house. So my husband and I have moved and all the documents we signed before we went to closing, we e signed them. And it's not even my signature. I went into the system, I typed in my name, and I selected the signature I wanted. So I did not have to learn how to write my name in cursive. And nowadays, like sometimes you're not even writing your name, you're scanning your hand, you're putting your thumbprint on. And the whole thing, well, the kids can't read historical documents. Cause this, uh, Um. Uh, I put a video up from my dad's 70th birthday party where, uh, oh yeah my dad was going on about it again this whole cursor writing and he called me out because he said my cursor writing was sloppy and if you ever see my dad's penmanship it looks like calligraphy like it is just everybody talks about how wonderfully my dad writes in cursive <laughs> i could reach that standard if i wanted to but it wasn't a big deal like the point was dad like you got a gift so like you don't need to be talking about how i sound my name. but anyway Oh, this bill's gonna come up you know there's gonna be somebody's gonna and do something about the start of the school day being after labor day like <laughs> but follow those things and then you see one like whoa y'all about to do what okay how can i go give testimony let me get up there in the room where it happened let me get out there and kind of do these things and the other piece is and yes i'm kind of skeptical about it they did have the they do have the teacher pay commission even though, like, um, there's no teacher on the commission. I mean, there's a teacher on the advisory council to the commission, and that's a whole other thing I wrote about that. But, and I went to that. I actually went for the purpose of writing, so I did not give testimony, but they did collect all this stuff, right? And the budgets are even set through 2020, so, like, this is seemed poorly timed. This seemed like it was just, like, a show of force for a show of force's sake, not to actually make something happen right now. So I'm taking a wait-and-see approach. Yeah, do I think I should be paid more? Do I ever think in my career I've been paid as much as I think I should have been paid? No. Like My husband and I both uh, graduated from prestigious university, Purdue University, boiler up. And my husband quickly outpaced my salary. Um, We started off probably like a couple grand in different salary. In a few years, my husband's salary almost doubles my salary, right? And so... I mean, completely honest, I <laughs> I have multiple sources of income right now, and I still make less than my husband. And it's frustrating because, look, I love my husband and do this talented. Right. But, shoot, I'm talented, too. And I should be banking, too. Right. Based on what I'm doing. Right. And I don't think I'm more valuable as my husband, but I'm as valuable as my husband. And this isn't the way to do it. Inconveniencing parents. um inconveniencing workers because my husband does work downtown he works in the government center it took him 40 minutes to get into his parking garage and then he said it was a whole uh, teachers were getting attitudes downtown because they couldn't park in the state parking garage and he's like so not only did it take me 40 minutes to get down there and then y'all trying to park in there and y'all not allowed and so I'm just trying to figure out how, and then my husband's like, because my husband, what he loves about working downtown is working working on the canal, you know, going down to the mall, to to the food court to eat, going to different places. I couldn't go anywhere because they were everywhere. And he said it was just very inconvenient for the people who are down there to work, the people that are down there about their day. He said, and so now you're trying to convince us to give you more money. And the thing that's going to pop up in my mind is like, my kids didn't have school today and we had to figure out what to do to them and then you inconvenienced me all day long because my husband actually came home early for work I actually suggested to my husband because he can work remotely a couple days a week if you like I said well work from home babe and he's like I can't I have meetings because anytime he has meetings you gotta you know be there in person typically and so he went and he was just like I can't deal he said I just went home and when I came home I got home at six o'clock because I had my boys at school all day that we had to go run errands when I came home and got home at six o'clock my husband was out like asleep asleep out like I walked into the room and I'm the sound sleeper so typically if I open the door my husband will just like kind of stir and wake up dude did not move um and he just said he ended up getting a terrible headache and he said that he said like him doing his work he's like he got through it but he said it was just everybody was just kind of frustrated and annoyed it just kind of put a hamper on people's day you know people ended up being late people who left early knowing that this foolishness was happening right so look until we're talking about raising teacher pay and taking care of teachers that teach all kids, then I can't get behind. I can't get behind this movement. Yes, I was a dues paying union member. Yes, I support union rights, but I do not support this because this isn't right. And I know I made some enemies because uh, my Twitter account was blowing up yesterday and, you know, some of y'all just like to slide into the DMs and I just hit y'all back with the block because i um, Look, I'm not fitting to be up on the Internet arguing with y'all like I will engage in conversation. I actually had some good conversation where I I felt like I shared some information, but I'm not about to go back and forth with you. I'm over here trying to live my best life and I am not (laughs) about to be going back and forth with people. Right. And also my mental health and my self-care matters. Like I will not let the Internet or anything else destroy who I am as a person. And first, of, you're not going to change my viewpoint. So like this is futile. Right. I said my piece. You say your piece gone about your business right so uh, what do you guys think about this whole red for ed what what uh i would love to hear your thoughts um check you out next week